and welcome to SOCAP International's In the Know podcast, a series offering customer service professionals a look into the minds of industry experts as we discuss emerging trends to ensure that you are remaining in the know. I'm your host, Twinisha Johnson, Director of Learning and Events at SOCAP International, and today we're joined by Chef Hyken. Chef is a customer service and experience expert and the Chief Amazement Officer of Shepherd Presentation. Chef will be keynoting at SOCAP's 2017 symposium scheduled for April 23rd through 26th in Chicago. Chef, it's so nice to have you join us. Thanks for being here. Well, thanks. I am truly excited to be here today as well as truly excited and honored to be uh, the keynote speaker at the upcoming conference. Great. Looking forward to having you. So clearly you have a, an interesting title <laughs> and you have an interesting background. <laughs> So tell us a little bit about you and what led you to launch an organization centered on customer service excellence. Sure. Well, you know, I had no idea that I loved customer service and customer experience. And when I was a little kid, I started a business. I was doing magic shows at birthday parties. And when I came home after my first magic show that I was paid to do, I was 12 years old, and my mom said, go upstairs and write a thank you note to the uh, people that hired you. And my dad said, that's a great idea, but what would even be better is after you write the thank you note, call them in about a week. Uh, back then, it took a week for the mail to get most places, <laughs> even though it only, I could probably walk there in a few hours. But uh, anyway, call them in about a week. By that time, they will have received your thank you note. And when the parents pick up the phone, thank them again. Let them know how much you appreciate it. And then ask for feedback. Find out what they liked about the show. And if they were happy, I had mentioned that this little boy that I had performed for and, his, and all of his friends had a little sister. Find out when the sister's birthday is. And then you said there were parents in the back of the audience uh, watching you know, their kids laugh and have fun. Ask the parents for the names of those parents that were in the back. And if they are willing to give that to you, you know you did a great job. And that's exactly what I did. And as a result, you know, I got the phone numbers of the different people. And I got the extra birthday party, and I built up this little business. And I learned things like, you know, you don't just show up on time. You got to show up a little bit early. And I can go into longer explanations about that another time. But the bottom line is, at age 12, my parents were teaching me about customer service, and I had no idea that's what it was. Um, you know, cut to when I'm in college, uh, still doing magic. I'm doing now comedy and magic in nightclubs, and that's on the weekends. But during the week, uh, I got into the oil business, which meant I pumped gas. And uh, it's not the most exciting job, but it's a good job to have while you're in college. And I'll never forget, a woman pulled up. She had to be, gosh, I'm going to say 80 years old, and it was an extremely cold day. And I went out to pump her gas for her, told her to stay in the car. And I came in, and my manager said, you just pumped that lady's gas. And I said, I did. He goes, we're a self-service gas station. I said, I know that, but this woman, she was uh, a little bit old, and I thought it would be nice to help her out. And I realized that I believed in something that a lot of people didn't understand or, or couldn't figure out, and that was customer service. And I was starting to learn. Right. That's what we called it. So I got out of college, and I, I started my own company. I decided to become a speaker and talk about how to develop you know, and, and deliver great customer service. So that's kind of how it all started. Yeah, and over the years, I've written books and done research and had a lot of fun meeting some great people at some great companies, and it's been quite a ride, and uh, I hope it keeps going. 
Yeah, yeah, me too. It sounds amazing. It sounds like your parents planted an early seed and it flourished into something great, right? So Yeah, and, you know, and basically there's a lesson there that so much of what we do in customer service, I mean, we can create systems, we can do training, we can tell people this is how you respond when a customer says this, and but at the end of the day, there's so much common sense that's tied into what we're doing. And unfortunately, it's not always as common as it should be. So, which right. makes my, right. you know, living very good because that's what I do. <laughs> I, I teach a lot of common sense that's not so common. But, you know, at a deeper level, when I get into a company and we work with them, I mean, we go pretty deep. We talk about their systems and the different ways we create a culture of service and, and you know, really how do we deal specifically with their issues. So, anyway, mm -hmm. I can go on and on, as you know. <laughs> well, speaking of that, no, let's let's talk about that because you one of the topics you talk about often is the importance of companies acquiring a customer-centric or customer-focused ideology. Can you explain right. that first? What exactly does that mean? So, I mean, to me, customer service is not a department. It's a philosophy. It needs to be embraced by everyone from the CEO, highest level owner of, of a company or, or highest level executive all the way to the most recently hired somebody that's even in the mailroom, in a warehouse, an accounting department who may never have access to interacting with a customer, they still need to understand the philosophy of what the company is all about and the part, by the way, that they do play because even though they're behind the scenes, they impact the customer. So uh, customer service is not a department, it's a philosophy and companies that agree with that and embrace that recognize it. Um, and I'm, I'm going to give you a 60-second version of how we create that customer-focused philosophy in our customer, uh, at what you, did you call it customer, it uh, wasn't customer-centric, you had another term yeah. that you used to describe that. Uh, customer-focused ideology. Oh, it was customer, yeah, okay, customer uh -huh. ideology, that's what, yeah, ideology, culture, those words are probably interchangeable. So uh, I call this the simple six-step method. And at the end, you're going to go, well, it does sound simple, but I will warn you, simple is not easy. <laughs> so uh, number one, uh, the vision has to be defined by leadership in the organization. So they've got to come up with a clear vision. I suggest what I call a mantra, which is one sentence long that is easily memorized and understand, understood by everybody in the organization. That's the first step. Not easy to do because uh, to get everything honed down to one sentence and even sometimes just several words. But to give you a quick example, the Ritz-Carlton has a great one. We're ladies and gentlemen serving ladies and gentlemen. It's nine words long. Everybody gets it. Uh, when you go to work there, you understand it. Then they train to it. So number one is define it. Number two is must be communicated. That's common sense and obvious. Everybody needs to know it's there. Number three, you must train people to it. And as I mentioned, uh, people even in a warehouse or in a department that might never ever see the customer, they have to have some type of training to understand what the culture is about and how they support people who do, in fact, face the customer. So training, and it's not something you do once, it's something you do ongoing for sustainability purposes. Number four is the uh, leadership has to model the behavior and demonstrate the way it needs to be done. And, and that's usually done by treating people inside an organization the way you want your customers treated. It kind of sets the tone, sets the example, and gives a, a, a place to start. Uh, number five is 
the leadership must defend this culture or this focus. If somebody or some department or some region in a company is going out of alignment, they need to bring them back in. And finally, number six is uh, the company needs to celebrate it when it's working, let everybody know it's working, and you know, motivate them to keep going forward with the same. So that's a six-step process, simple as it sounds, doesn't always mean easy. Uh, mm -hmm. One of my audience members uh, raised his hand and said, you keep saying it's simple. Uh, how long is this going to take my company to do? And I said, well, how many employees do you have? And he said, about 25,000. I said, great, let's go to work. Uh, about four or five mm -hmm. years from now, we'll get that ship to turn. You know, so, uh, and, and that's the point. Simple doesn't mean easy. Big organizations, right. it takes time to infiltrate and create the culture and get the message through. Uh, but exactly. that's, that's what it takes. Yeah. Great. Well, thanks for running us through that. I hope our listeners had their pens and pads ready for that one. But so just, just the last part here, I just wanted to ask you um, about SOCAP's Symposium. So our yes. symposium this year is all about enhancing the skill sets of customer care professionals, right? So give right. us just a sneak peek, maybe one or two takeaways of uh, what symposium attendees will gain from your presentation. Well, my biggest overarching philosophy is about how to create an amazing service experience. And here's the first important point. Amazing doesn't mean over the top, blow me away. Every time we get together, you just go, wow. No, amazing is when companies or individuals deliver an above average experience, and sometimes it's just a tiny above average experience, uh, but they do it consistently. It's predictable. I know that when I go to do business with this company or I go to this restaurant or I you know, call this manufacturer who I buy from, I'm going to get this level of service. They're always going to uh, be responsive and return calls or emails quickly. They're going to uh, always demonstrate the knowledge they have of the business. Basically, the word always followed by something positive. But here's the key, and I mention it again, a little bit above average all of the time. When there's a complaint or a problem, it's easy to be great and solve the problem of the day. But day in and day out, you're not going to have those problems, and you shouldn't. So what can you do? It's a consistent, predictable, above-average experience. That's a big part of my uh, philosophy. The second thing is, is I'm going to set up a few concepts. Uh, we're going to talk about Jan Carlson's Moments of Truth concept, which has been around for years about interaction that you have with customers. But I talk about the way those interactions go. They're good and bad. They're moments of magic if they're good. They're moments of misery if they're bad. And they're moments of mediocrity if they're average. An average or satisfactory is not amazing, uh, so we'll talk about that. How do you get beyond being average or satisfactory? Because that's what creates confidence and ultimately customer loyalty. And then I always uh, like to split up between the, the kind of conceptual things with some very specific how-tos. I will have a top 10 ways list that I'll give that will incorporate just really basic uh, common sense approaches to how you deliver service. And here's the, the thing. As great as that content may be that day, and many people will agree with it, hopefully everybody will agree with it, it's really meant to be taken back and shared with the team. So the reason I love to give a list is that way they can go back and say, hey, here's 10 things. And by the way, you might agree with seven or eight of them, or you might want to add two or three to the list. But here are some ideas, some tactics, if you will, that we can do. And I want to give them content that they can go back and use uh, immediately. Awesome. Sounds great, Chef. 
Um, we're really looking forward to working with you. Thank you so much for your time today. And we're, we're looking forward to welcoming you in April at the symposium. I can't wait. See you in Chicago. <laughs> and for more information about SOCAP's 2017 symposium schedule and to, to meet Shep yourself, uh, please visit us at www.socap.org. Thanks for listening, and see you next time.